0: The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org The story goes something like this. There's a young man, he's already been studying for years to be a pastor. He spent long years studying how to conjugate Greek verbs and he's learned a mountain of Hebrew vocabulary, but there's been this sort of aching question in the back of his mind the whole time, should I really become a pastor? He starts to take these online quizzes, you know the ones I'm talking about, the ones that sort of help you focus your career, and he finds out that he should probably become a lawyer instead, so he applies to law school. And he gets accepted and he says, It's time, it's time for me to withdraw from ministry school. So he goes to sit down with the president of that ministry school. And they have a short conversation, and the president eventually says, You know what? You're free to do that. You can become a lawyer. And Lord knows that there's too many lawyers without a heart. You would be a lawyer with a heart. So after a short time, the young man gets up and begins to walk out the door. He thinks the whole interview is done, and his life has taken a turn for a new direction. But the president of school says just one more thing. And the young man stands frozen in the doorway. And he turns around, and the president of the ministry school says, if you could save just one person, Would you become a pastor then? The young man stands in the doorway just frozen. And he knows that his life will never be the same again. I'll be honest with you this morning. That's what I want to have happen to you. I want to catch you in such a way that that you're just frozen in your tracks. That you reconsider your life all over again. I want that question, what would you do to save just one person? I want it to wriggle into your hearts in a way so that nothing changes that you still get on your favorite train in the morning, that you still go to the same job, that you go and you put your arms around the same people at the end of the day. But I also want that question to to wriggle its way into your hearts so that literally everything changes. So that when you when you get on the train, that your eyes are opened. So that When you go to your job or you pick up your kids from school, you're not buried in your phone, but instead, you know all of the other parents by name. So that when you go home at night and you put your arms around the people that you love, that you would see in them Christ. This is what I'm saying. What I'm asking the Spirit to do today is that you would be truly woke, After today. That you would go about your life with renewed purpose as you ask that question, what would you do to save just one purpose? And the Apostle Paul is going to answer that question. For himself, but also for you. Listen to what he says. This is on page 9 in your bulletins. I'm going to read that for you now. For when I preach the gospel, I cannot boast, since I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach. If I preach voluntarily, I have a reward. If not voluntarily, I'm simply discharging the trust committed to me. What then is my reward? Just this, that in preaching the gospel, I may offer it free of charge, and so not make full rights use of my rights. As a preacher of the gospel. Though I am free and belong to no one. I have made myself a slave to everyone. To win as many as possible. To the Jews I became like a Jew. To win the Jews. To those under the law I became like one under the law. Though I myself am not under the law. So as to win those under the law. To those not having the law I became like one not having the law, though I am not free from God's law, but I am under Christ's law, so as to win those not having the law. To the weak, I became weak. To win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all possible means, I might save some. I do this for the sake of the gospel, that I may share in its blessings. This is the word of the Lord. There's a verse in the New Testament that I always read with a kind of double sensitivity, and it has everything to do with our verses for today. It's from Acts chapter 16, verse 3. This is what it says. Paul wanted to take him along on the journey. So he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. Here's my first sensitivity. My parents called me Timothy. And this is a verse about Timothy. And so every time I read a verse about Timothy, my little ears go up and go, bing! Maybe the second seven sensitivity is becoming clear to you. Because this is what happened to Timothy, we're told. He circumcised him. You know, I, for the sake of young ears here, I'm not going to go into the medical procedure, the sacred rite that is called Circumcision. But suffice it to say this, there is good reason for us to read this verse, whether you're called Timothy or not, with a kind of sensitivity to what happened to him in order to win the Jews. I want you to understand this, the Apostle Paul was not asking Timothy to sort of give up a preference or an opinion to win the Jews. The Apostle Paul was not sort of asking Timothy to give his time or his talents. He wasn't asking Timothy even to try like a new cultural dish that maybe you'd normally wrinkle your nose to. The Apostle Paul is actually asking Timothy to give up the right of controlling his own body. He's asking Timothy to alter his body in a way that can never be reversed again. He's asking Timothy to suffer. He's asking Timothy to bleed. He's asking Timothy to put on on an ice pack for a few days and struggle to go to the bathroom. And in doing so, the Apostle Paul has begun to answer our question, what would you do to become like the Jews, to win the Jews? He says, well, I'd ask you to alter your body. He says, well, I'd ask you to bleed. I'd ask you to give up rights for the sake of somebody else. I would ask you to become all things for all people so that all, by all possible means you might save even just one And I want you to think about that for a second Who does that? Who Who gives up a good career as a lawyer to become a pastor? Who after having been freed from slavery, who returns to slavery to everyone? And and who in their right mind would would alter their body because of the religious opinion of somebody else? Who does that? And and who, who holds democratic values political views, would become like a Republican? And, and who who is a Republican at heart would, would become like a Democrat? And, and who, who would become a Hispano-Hablante when they're a gringo? And, and, and why would a, a gringo become a Hispano-Hablante? And we could go on and on and on Who would give up their freedom to indulge themselves so that they would have the freedom to indulge everybody else? Who does that? God does. I heard it out there. It's amazing if you think about it. Who in their right mind would respond to the rebellion of Adam and Eve with a promise to save? And and who would see human arrogance like at the Tower of of Babel and respond to it by giving the promise of the seed of Abram? Who would see human depravity at, at its worst before the flood and respond to it with a plan to save humanity and then seal it with a rainbow in the sky who does that god does to gain just one who who sees the sinner and the rebellion of the sinner and says, I will give my life for them. I will be circumcised. I will be nailed to a cross just to save one. Who, who decides at great cost, at great cost to send families far from their family to a place called New York City to live there for 10 years who Send someone all the way from Washington, all the way to New York City, so that there could be someone who stands here and says, God loves you and he will never quit on you. Who does that? God does. And he does it for you at great expense to himself. And so I want to say this to you this morning. Dear saved one, dear gained one, what would you do to save just one? It's that question again, right? I hope you've been been frozen in the doorway this whole time, but now like a good game of freeze tag, I want to unfreeze you so that you can walk out this door in a few minutes. And I hope that this question changes nothing about your life. But I also hope that it changes everything. I hope that you are truly woke now to your purpose. I hope that Sunday school teachers would see the value in what they are doing what would you do to save just one little lamb? I hope that parents who go to pick up their kids after school would see the value that God has placed on every single parent standing there and that you would get to know their names. And when it is right, and you'll know when the time is right, that you would ask those parents to coffee, share your faith. I hope that those of you who go to work every day would not just have a transactional relationship with your co-workers. In other words, using them for what you need to get done. I hope instead that you would have a relational relationship with them. And that one day, maybe over mudslides at 5pm during happy hour, that you would have the opportunity to share your faith with them. I hope that This changes nothing about your life, but I hope that it changes everything. Because here's the thing: in moments that seem so ordinary, in moments that can seem so boring, you can become what Jesus already is to you. You can become a Savior. Think of that. That's what the Apostle Paul says is happening here. You can save not just one, but one by one by one you can save some, and in doing so you become all things for all people so that by all possible means you might save some. Will you pray with me? Holy Spirit of God, as we unfreeze ourselves and you send us out into the world in just a few minutes, help us to see our lives all new again. Wake us to those who need to hear your saving gospel. Send us and use us. Make us your saviors to a dying world. In your name, Jesus, we pray it. Amen.